everyone. Dave and Jeff, it is January 27th, 2021. Dave, I have to start the show tonight drinking alcohol. I've been in the worst mood <laughs> Rubbing all day. Rubbing alcohol again? I, I had to resort <laughs> to the easiest resolution, which is I just came in and told Dave, I'm drinking one of your fucking beers tonight. <laughs> and I'm going to start, Dave, by telling you I've been in a bad mood. Really? Since 7.45 this morning. Blood so, is boiling. Yes. Tornado of anger. <laughs> Who the fuck do you think put me in a bad mood at 7.45? Think about that time. It's not hard. I'm going Stephen Woods. What a fucking tool (laughs) this guy is. This fucking guy, dude. What is his fucking problem? So they have Matt Strom on. Okay. It was really good. Really fun interview. I didn't hear it. I'm sorry. Matt Matt Strom was really good and was uh, like I I haven't heard him on a whole lot of interviews. And I loved what he was saying. He was just saying like how much he's looking forward to talking to Blake Snell and and Darvish and Musgrove and getting to know these guys, right? Really great. And then uh, interview ends <laughs> and everybody's feeling good about the Padres and chemistry and this whole thing. And then we got fucking Lefty Grove on the microphone who has to start talking like he's a fucking pitcher. Oh, you know, what you're trying to do is you're trying to groove it. You're trying to smooth it. You're trying to... And he's trying to drop all this fucking pussy pitching jargon. Is he saying this to Ben or is he saying this to Strum? No, thank God he didn't say it to Strum. Thank God God he didn't do that. (laughs) You and I would have had to fucking block him on every social media. No, he's talking to Ben. And I'm like, look, cock, you pitch at El Capitan. You don't fucking pitch right at Fenway. Calm the fuck down. You're embarrassing yourself, and you're embarrassing your friends. And Paul's too fucking scared of him to say anything. Ben's asleep. And I... Ugh. This was like, fuck. Why do I have to listen to this? Uh, And I'll tell you why I had to listen to it. Yeah. Because yesterday was the one-year anniversary of Kobe's passing. Yeah. And I made the mistake, the absolute mistake, of putting on 1360. And this is a big shock, but I didn't realize just how close to friends Kobe and Steve Hartman were. Holy fuck, are you serious? Everything was about him. Wow. And he tells this story about how, you know, I was always the guy. On Kobe's biggest night, I said, yeah, well, ball hog Bryant had two assists. And he said, the next time I'm at Staples, Kobe's there, and he sees me. Hey, Hartman, why you like that? But Hartman love, or uh, Kobe loved me because I was the one guy who refused to cave in. Boy, I doubt that. <laughs> you, think, you think Kobe, if we put no. two pictures up, would know who was Steve? <laughs> no. I don't. I mean, I, again, I was lucky enough to have that job for 10 years, being there for every home game. And I'm telling you, one, I would tell you, Kobe and I weren't friends. Like, we, yeah. we, I was there all the time. I was there from day one. Well, Steve admitted that they didn't have dinner. Okay. <laughs> but it sure sounded like every time Steve no. was at Staples Center, Kobe stopped everything he was doing to yeah. yell, hey, Hartman. Kobe was so <laughs> was so dedicated to only being a great basketball player. Yeah. That's why when all this stuff in Colorado came out, I was I was shocked because anyone who ever saw Kobe, he was in the locker room, he was changing clothes, he was going out, he was shooting at 1.30, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and if you went into Staples or the Forum, 
The only two guys in there were Chick Hearn and yeah. Kobe. That place was empty as fuck. And that was it. And Kobe used to walk out of the locker room. After doing everything you're supposed to do, your interviews, he'd walk out with his head down, left hand up, showing his ring, and he would tell all the smoking hot girls around because they're, they're in every arena, I'm married, head down, keep going. That's why I was like, dude, anybody but Kobe, I would say you could see getting caught up. And um, But for, for him to say that he w- was friends or knew anybody's name, Kobe wasn't that guy. I don't know if Kobe knew Jim Hill's name. You know, you know what, what I'm saying? Who's easy to spot. I had a couple of guys. I and actually, Jim Hill, by the way, was there. I've never seen Steve Hartman at a Laker game. Well, they were very close. <laughs> that show's terrible. I hate to and say it because awful. I love Ernie and I love Steve. That is a really bad show. It's awful. Now, here are the guys that I thought of because it got me thinking. I came up with three guys that I thought Kobe probably knew. Okay. Jim Hill was at the top of the list. Jim could be one. The second guy was Vic the Brick. Because everybody You can't miss him. You can't miss Vic the Brick. Everybody knows Brick. Yeah. And he's nuts, but he's an incredibly nice person. And I from everything I know, Dave, everybody seems to like Brick up there. Everybody does. Vic just looks like he never showers. That's just kind yeah. of gross with that dirty he's hat a maniac, and dirty hair. But he's yeah. an incredibly nice guy. And the third guy that I thought he might know would actually be Fred Rogan. He could, but here's the deal with Fred. Fred would do his 445 hit from Staples of the Forum, and then he would disappear. He never even I got stayed it, for but a I'm game. just saying, yeah. Fred's probably a guy, yeah. right? Yeah, Jim would hang around all the way to the end, and you'd go, how the fuck are you doing the news? And then he would tell me, he goes, dude, I got writers and producers. I yeah. shit. I just have to show up my tie tied straight. That's yeah. it. I'm good to go. I was I was trying to think. I don't know who yeah, any of the guys Kobe, were on yeah. 11 or 13. Kobe wasn't like Tony Gwynn, where he was friends with everyone in the yeah. media. He knew everybody's name. Kobe wasn't that guy. No. So anyone who ever said they had a relationship with him, you got to sit there and think for a second. Did you have a relationship with him, and did he have a relationship back with you? Two different things. Now, I did like the story that Steve told, and he said that he his son loved Kobe. Yeah. And he got his son a credential, said his son was interning with them at Channel 5. Yeah. And they went out to a Laker game. They It was against the Cavs. And uh, he said they they had a great time because they were there and able to watch. And Steve had to do uh, late TV. Yeah. And he said he did late TV and he told his son, don't go wandering, right? Any dad can relate to that. (laughs) And Steve said they finished the shot. He said to his son, he goes, I'm telling you, man, I got a weird feeling. Let's take a walk and just go over. And I think uh, we'll, we'll see if Kobe's still here. And he, Steve said they went by, and Kobe was still there. And he said they just waited their time, and uh, Steve introduced his son to Kobe. Yeah. And he said the longtime Lakers photographer, which I think is Andrew Bernstein. You yeah, know the that's dude, correct. Right? Really good dude. Yeah. Steve just said the longtime Lakers photographer was there and said, let me get a picture of your son with Kobe. And Steve said, I still have that photo on my wall. So for that, awesome, right? Like cool. as a dad, you that go, cool. how fun to be able to do that. But before and Hartman's our guy. Like yeah. there I I say everything I'm saying with love and respect for one of my favorite people in the world. This whole fucking guy, I'm like, it's Kobe's deal. But what else would you expect, <laughs> right? And who knows? 
knows? I don't know that it's wrong. Maybe Kobe did. Hartman is a fucking maniac. He, Hartman it, it, might it, be one of those guys on that list. You were on the Lakers station. Yeah, I, I understand that. My thing is with Steve, we've heard these stories for years. Oh, my God. I mean, I always used to say that old cartoon, the Tennessee Tuxedo one. Yes. And then they would break in with Commander McBrag with <laughs> that guy talking to the other old guy with the globe in the middle. That's Hartman. Hartman is Commander McBrag. And you just go, fuck, <laughs> this fucking guy. This fucking guy. You know, Steve should wear a shirt that says, I'm that fucking guy. But at is. least with Steve, when you say this fucking guy. We say it with a smile every you time. You say it with a smile because he's so great. Yeah. And then you fast forward back up to this morning at 745, right? When you have yeah. Steve Carlton on the fucking air. <laughs> oh, I'm doing this and I'm doing that. You know, sometimes you got to do this and that. And you're like... This fucking guy. <laughs> Completely different tone. You know what's funny? When, you, when I go back and forth between the two stations, because it is weird, I guess, for us, compared to the average person, we literally know every one of the guys that are doing the oh, show. Yeah. So you, we consider them friends. So if Steve is in a commercial break, I'll flip over to 1360, because I've known Ernie forever. Right. I, you know, obviously we know Hartman forever. Right. So I go, I'm not listening to a commercial. I'll flip over. And yeah. man, when they force that fucking Aztec talk down oh, your throat, God. it's bad. And so you go, okay, I'm completely gone. And then you go back to, to Steve and Ben. And the funny thing about Steve to me is he literally, I think, hates sports outside of baseball. Like, he, honest to God, he is so fucking bored with, he doesn't want to talk about the Super Bowl for the next two weeks. Doesn't want to talk about it. I don't think he hates it. I just think he's a very casual fan. The deal is, honestly, I think he does it the right way. It's not an insult what I'm saying where he doesn't want to talk about it. The deal is it's considered a sports station. Yeah. It's called the fan, for Christ's sakes. Not called the Rock 97.3. Yeah. Or the but, machine. But he does an FM talk show on a sports radio yeah. station, which for years I used to say to different PDs, we want to do an FM morning show on your sports station. And it, PDs get all nervous. Some will tell you, you basically have to read the newspaper. Just stats. Yeah. Just throw a shitload of stats at people. And then some will sit there and tell you, you aren't funny. Don't say anything that you think is funny. Yeah. <laughs> and, then he, yeah. and you go like, well, look, did you hire us for us? Because this is our personality. Whatever it is, this is what it's going to yeah. be. And Steve's personality is outstanding and that's why i think it works really well it shows in the ratings that it works really well yeah but he he does get bored with a lot of things i love the fact that he loves baseball you and i love baseball oh, yeah. this is a baseball city now a lot of places they won't let you talk baseball anywhere they only want you to talk nfl year round you right. listen uh, to colin coward or dan patrick or jim rome all those guys are told talk nfl because that's 90 yeah. percent of your audience true um it was funny thinking dave what you just said because Extra for years, the rumor was that they were going to ninety-five-seven. Yeah, there was. That's right. And but when it was a country station, yeah, it was country, and now it's hip hop. I yeah. think they're doing pretty well. They are. Uh, one thing about Intercom. One quick mention today because, man, em Intercom is hemorrhaging money over there. Yeah, and it's bad. It's bad in the industry continues to get worse and yeah. you see more and more people end up on the street i don't know if people knew this or heard this but when i tell you the name i would think 95 percent of you have heard the name g knight yep g knight when i got here worked on b100 and he was part of that iconic lineup with the rich brothers and gary kelly and danny romero and and gene was there 
I met Gene in, God, I got to think about when this was, probably around 94. And it was really, really tough because I've talked so many times about how much I loved being part of KCLX. KCLX was really starting to catch ground on KGB as a classic rock station in town. Yeah. Much better playlist. Uh, The talent was very, very good up and down the dial. And we were really excited about that. And Dave, that's really where I had my eyes to go. That's where I wanted to be. And we were owned by J-Corps. And all of a sudden, J-Corps pulled the plug on KCLX and plugged in 102.9 The Beach. And... I will never forget this day. We Our general manager was a woman named Susan Hoffman, just an awful woman. And I'm walking down the hall, and this is day one of the beach, and they're playing Killing Me Softly, one of the worst songs ever recorded. Just a terrible song. Yeah. And yesterday when we're here in Foghat and Boston and the Stones and the Who, bad company. Now we're hearing this shit. And I walked right by Susan Hoffman and I said, how about killing me quickly? This is awful. <laughs> and But some of the guys who came in and were part of the on-air lineup at 102.9 The Beach were Gary Kelly, yeah, amazing guy, and Gene. Yeah. And I felt so bad for those guys because they came in for a format change and it's always difficult. But so many good people had left from Sudelaney to Co. John Leslie, John Dion, Charlie Weaver, Rumbling Thrower, and so many others, that there was resentment against really nice guys. Well, Gene was there for a while and then bounced back. I remember he was on 92.5, and most recently he had been at Kixie and as part of the intercom cuts because, like I said, they're hemorrhaging money in that building. Uh, Gene got released last week, and I just have to say he's, he's a really – really good dude in a really, really shitty business. And I always appreciated, hey, what the fuck are you doing, Dave? <laughs> God damn it. Get your shit together. And uh, I probably and, should have got that one. Who was that? <laughs> it was actually the athletic director from the school that I coached at. That oh, I yeah, of course. On. We're trying to talk about Gene Knight, okay? I but, don't know if they're going to have a high school baseball season. Maybe as the answer. I don't know. Well... Uh, I just wanted to say how sorry I was to hear the news. Did you ever cross paths with Gene? Yeah, of course, at Kixie. When we were at the Free FM, we saw him every damn day. He was there, right? Yeah, he was there. He was there uh, when we got off there. He was walking in all the time. We saw him all every day. So he came on after Sam? Yeah, after Sam, every oh, day. Oh, he would have been the afternoon guy. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So you get it. Yeah, Dude, the greener. The greener. I have no idea where the fuck that nickname came from. I didn't know from. either. I, I don't think Gene knew. <laughs> when they put Gene in the mornings, he should have said, my last name's Knight, dipshits. It's never going to work. Of course, he yeah. ended up firing me. One thing yeah. about him, I always remember, he always put that towel in his window and of his car. He always parked his car and he always had that towel in there. What do you mean? Like like he was afraid the sun was going to fade the leather on his seats, oh. but he only blocked like one window. I'm like, what about your windshield and that win- the he window did. behind it? It was so weird to me. He didn't care. He didn't care. I tell you what about Gene? He didn't have any cracked leather seats in his car. Goddamn not. <laughs> like he just said, just drive this off the lot? Fuck no, it's a 78, baby. But uh, I meant to mention that the other night and I, and I missed it. 
and it's the it, you know unfortunately you're right it's a shitty he's a business. good man it's, well yeah but it's it's the way things are i mean yeah. it's, it's dying so dramatically it's very strange how the newspaper and radio are, are dying so quickly and um the the newspaper i think quicker than radio you would never guess that intercom would be struggling the way iheart is because we all They're knew dying. that that iheart was you know 22 billion dollars in debt now you're hearing yeah. intercoms in kind of the same situation and you're going well fuck we do have a lot of friends in the business you don't want to see anybody out of a job we saw what no. happened to mike and judd and and one thing judd has gone like completely quiet on social yeah. media so mate gavin said yeah. to it tonight hey we're thinking about you judd i go oh, holy cool. fuck i forgot about judd yeah what's nothing- he doing I think the only thing he I looked it up the other day. The only thing I think he's done on social media is wish his wife a happy birthday. Or and I think of the listeners a Merry Christmas and that's it. He's he's gone dark for the last, you know, whatever, six weeks, eight weeks, however long it's been. Wow. And so, um you know what? I also kind of respect that too. There's yeah. a lot of me that sits there and says, Man, when we have an opportunity and I can shut down Twitter forever, which I'm sure a lot of you would love. Yes, I um, would. It would it you'd be shocked how much free time you have to go, I don't need to look at this shit anymore. Well, uh, I just wanted to say I'm sorry for Gene. And I was it was weird because one day last week, and, and I don't know how people find it, but it was National DJ Day. Did you see that no. on Facebook? And you see a lot of good guys that we know, and they're Brian Schock and Stewart and Gene, right? Yeah. Shotgun, all these fuckers posting pictures of them behind a microphone with the old big like foam yeah. headphones on, right? Yeah. Like, Yellow. No wonder, yeah. No wonder all you assholes are deaf. <laughs> Look at that shit. And uh hey, here I am working at Froggy one oh two point six and Barstow and you're like, oh fuck. Fuck me. Fuck. <laughs> right. Here I am backstage with Great White. Right. Lake Elsinore, you're like, ah, fuck. God damn it. Come on. Stop posting this shit. I'm trying to recover from a worldwide pandemic, and you're not helping. (laughs) And and, uh, goddamn Greener had a picture up of him working somewhere, B100 or one of these fucking places. And then, like, two days later, he was out, man. But he's just uh, just a fucking good dude. It it bummed me out. I don't know. He's got... Got a family. He's really yeah. he's a proud father, which I love. Of course, and uh, and just was always genuine, just a nice guy in a business like Dave. We were just saying, just full of rat face weasels. <laughs> Gene is just a good person, man, and uh, and I'm thinking about him. All right, so if you're if you're Gene Knight, are you thinking your broadcasting career is over? I don't. Where do you go? That's what I'm saying. That no one's hiring right now. No. I mean, and you're seeing a lot of people that were in radio starting to do what Jeff and I are doing right now. But the difference is you and I are kind of doing a radio show with swearing. You're seeing other people kind of just go to their interests, whether it's pets, whether it's... Yeah. Kim Morrison has a great podcast out right now, which I recommend you you look up. I was uh, watching and listening a little bit yesterday. and. I had no idea that everything that's going on in her life, and I I give her a lot of credit for, for sharing. She called me... Oh, man. Probably about six weeks ago. And I met Kim at KFMB in 95. I mean, it goes back that far. And she was saying, hey, I think I'm going to do this podcast. And she didn't really get into the full details of it. 
and we just kind of talked and she was saying um, things that she had picked up listening to this show. Look, she's another one that I know you feel the same way. We love her like family. Uh, and by the way, that leads to my FU of the day. I have an FU of the day. Okay. My FU of the day goes to my longtime friend, Aaron Creasy. Remember Aaron Creasy? Yeah, of course. So uh, Aaron is the guy who introduced me to Mike Chandler. So we were having a great conversation. We're all incredibly excited about uh, Mike's success the other night at the UFC. And he goes, dude, I got to tell you something. He goes, I've been behind on your podcast and I was listening. And he said, uh, he said, I got to the one with the two girls that you did on Christmas Eve. I go, it wasn't Christmas Eve. A couple days before New Year's Eve. Yeah, it was like it was like the thirtieth. Yeah, I go with Katie Temple and Julie. He goes, yes. And he goes, uh, he goes, look, I gotta be honest. When I saw that one coming up, it didn't really. I was like, okay. And he goes, I started listening to it, and he goes, dude, that's one of my all-time favorite shows you guys have ever done. I said, hey, that means a lot. And then he goes. it was so crazy when Tabitha talked about working at Channel 6. And I go, who the fuck is yes, Tabitha? Jesus. I thought you liked the show. Is he drinking whiskey again? Probably. He's in Tennessee. <laughs> I go, Katie. Right. Katie. Yeah, when Katie's talking about being there at Channel 6 and hearing everything. And so we chatted, you know, about what CS had gone through and what Katie had gone through. And Julie goes, well, I tell you. The other thing that Tabitha said. I, Jesus Christ. I go, God damn it. <laughs> Did put him in his place when he swore, swore at him? He's dying laughing, and I know when he hears this, he's going to call me, you fucker. That was for off the air. The funny thing is, how many people know somebody named Tabitha outside of Tabitha Stevens? Yeah. Oh, probably yeah. him. <laughs> I, he was thinking of Lipkin because he was saying he loved oh, the Lipkin Jesus show. Jesus Christ. And did you realize it was two years ago today that Laura Kane was in here? No, I didn't. Two years yeah. ago. God damn, time flies by, man. Oh, my God. Tabitha was on. Tabitha Lipkin was on with us. Um, uh, it was like two years ago, whatever, a couple Just days ago. Day, and, right? I, and I reposted it and said, you know, I, I made a comment saying congratulations basically to her and, and she's now working NBC in Dallas and yeah. Wood's the first guy. Well, I'm sure she thanks you and gives you credit for How about boosting that her guy? career, that son of a bitch. How about that guy? <laughs> Nosing in there. <laughs> Fucking Don Sutton himself. <laughs> oh, did you read Kurt Schilling's letter? Yes. Okay. That's very interesting. Okay. A couple things. One is, were you surprised that nobody got in? I wasn't surprised that nobody got in because you have the class from last year. So this idea that the Hall of Fame keeps saying, well, we don't care. There's going to be a... Of course there's going to be. You got all the fuckers from 2020 that are getting in. But (laughs) um, I had watched the last couple of days and I had seen... What people had said, right? I think you and I talked about it the other night, Dave, that 14 writers after yeah. different tweets from Kurt Schilling had said, we want to take him off our ballot. Yeah. And it was the challenge that the Hall of Fame had. Would they let him take his name off? Uh, Schilling doesn't get in. And I'm seeing all these things yesterday 
Kurt Schilling wrote a letter. Oh, goddamn Kurt, right? Red light Kurt. Yep. So I went in to read the letter, and I was like, you know, I'm going to fucking hate this thing. Dave, I thought it was great. I thought his letter was great, and I thought, you know what? He's exactly right. He pointed out Kurt did exactly what these fucking baseball writers like John Maffey and the rest of them don't want to face, which is it's a popularity contest, and you're not judging a guy. And he said, you're you're putting me in with two guys, and I'm sure he's talking about Clemens and Bonds, that absolutely openly cheated in this game. And he said, I never did. I did my thing. Clemens did. Bonds didn't. As far as openly cheated. Bonds never tested positive and never admitted to it. I got you. But when you go through, I would just tell people, go through with an open mind and read the shilling letter. I went in thinking I was going to hate it. And at the end, I was like, you know what, man? I see his point, what he's saying, strictly from a baseball perspective. Right. Yes, from, and that's where you should be judged. I mean, I'll be yeah. honest with you. Guys like him and Aubrey Huff and the yeah. shit they've done during this whole Dip COVID shits. things bothers me. But would that keep me from voting for him? No. I always thought Kurt was a Hall of Famer, meaning yeah. he was always the guy you wanted on the mound, whether it was with the Phillies, whether it was with the Diamondbacks, Ugh. whether it was with the Red Sox. You always wanted him on the mound in a big game. He yeah. always came through. And when you talk about the biggest moments and why did guys at Kershaw get criticized, because he didn't come through in the big games. Yeah. And so you're going, this guy is considered a Hall of Famer, should be a Hall of Famer. He should be in. So when you sit there and you go through that that process – yeah, you shouldn't mix the two because you know what's yeah. going to happen next year? You're going to have a guy like David Ortiz, okay? And David Ortiz is going to end up probably getting votes to get in, and he failed the steroid test. Yeah. And because everybody loves Big Poppy. Yeah. And and he's right. It's a popularity contest. Well, the problem is guys like John Maffey have a vote. Yeah. Okay? And we saw it with Yasio Puig when John voted for Jed Jerko. Jed Jerko. Because he didn't like the way Puig conducted himself. Yeah. We saw it this year with Nick. When Nick grandstanded and was like, I'm sending in. Then give your fucking ballot away. Give your ballot away. If you can't handle it or if you want to just send it in, then do it. But this idea that you're going to grandstand and write a column upset a lot of people in the Padres organization that didn't like it at all and thought it was bullshit. And. And for me, Dave, the one thing is, to me, what Nick did, what fucking guys like Maffey do, and so many of these other assholes, is going back to what we talked about yeah. with Hartman or anything else, they made it about themselves. It's not about you. Yeah. It's about the Baseball Hall of Fame and the idea that you hold the fate for these guys and their families in your hand, and you're going to be petty and be judge and jury is fucking ridiculous. It is. I couldn't. I couldn't agree with you more. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think there are so many things with the Hall of Fame that are shady. When certain guys don't get in, as yeah. far as one hundred percent, like Tony Gwynn wasn't one hundred percent. They won eight fucking batting. Titles. Hank Aaron wasn't one hundred percent. And you know that's race. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? It's 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 bullshit the way things have gone down, and we've seen this for years. And guys have talked about it. I believe it was. I'm going to go off the top of it. I believe it was 1995. When Mo Vaughn won MVP in the American League. All right. And Albert Bell clearly deserved it. He oh, had yeah. 50 yeah, home yeah. runs and 50 yep. doubles. Yep. And they gave it to Mo Vaughn because people liked Mo Vaughn and he did yeah. Albert Bell. Bullshit. And he just go, come on, dude. It's supposed to be the best player. Yeah. Just vote the best fucking player. How do you not, if you're Nick on your empty ballot, how do you not at least put a vote down? I get it if you don't want to put a vote in for Clemens. Yeah. I get it if you don't want to put a vote in for Bonds. How do you not put a vote in for Schilling? 
Yeah. Because if you go back to that time and shilling with the Phillies, shilling with the Diamondbacks, Dave, especially is the time frame that I'm looking at. Yeah. When that guy was on the mound, whether it was a Sunday night game, a Wednesday night game, he was at Qualcomm Stadium or anywhere else, he was a guy you wanted to watch. Yeah. And in my opinion, if you have a guy who consistently checks that box as somebody you want to watch and performs in a big game, then he's different than the rest. And if his numbers stand up as shillings do, then the guy's a Hall of Famer whether you like him or not. You're right. Um, what a fucking embarrassment that whole thing was. And yeah, I find Kurt Schilling to be one of the biggest fucking goofballs going. But when so, I read it, I go, I can't argue with anything he's saying. Kurt Schilling, here's I have his postseason numbers in front of me right now. Yeah. In in uh, twelve different series, he was eleven and two. Holy shit. ERA of two two three. <laughs> and yeah. he won MVP of the two thousand one World Series with Randy Johnson. Yeah. And, uh, again, he he was always money in the biggest games. Just always was. As for Red Sox fans, I'll tell you the same thing. As I said, as a person off the field, no, I'm not a fan. But you don't need to be a fan of these no. guys. I wasn't a fan of Ty Cobb when you hear about this crazy yeah. shit he did. There are a lot of guys you wouldn't be fans of, a lot of baseball players. But he is, to me, I always thought he was a Hall of Famer. I remember Dan Patrick saying for years he didn't think he was a Hall of Famer. I think when you look at Kurt Schilling's numbers, he's the guy as a fan, as an organization, you'd want on the mound in a big game. Yeah, he was the guy. You know, it, it, so here's something And it's with the Red Sox where he has the bloody sock, yeah, right? exactly. Yankee I talked Stadium. about the Phillies and the Diamondbacks. You forget. Yeah, with yeah. three teams yeah. that he performed for. That's right. I'm thinking that was part of Arizona. No. God damn. Three different teams in the postseason where you perform at a high level. Dude, come on. What are we doing? Yeah, he won three World Series as well, if I got that right. He won in 2007, 2004. And in 2001, he won the World Series. Yeah, so, uh, three different teams yeah, three. and a key component in all of them. Yeah, absolutely uh, absolutely outstanding. So here, here's what I find interesting. The steroid thing is obviously a question where either you, you agree or you don't agree, but at the same time, baseball hasn't sit there, sat down and really outlined the rules the way it should go. Mm-hmm. So come on, and you and I know guys like Biggio, Bagwell, Piazza, yeah, they're as guilty as Barry Bonds. Okay, all those guys are in the same class. I understand. Caminiti admitted it. He didn't have yeah. to admit it, but he admitted it. We all knew. Anyone who's been in a clubhouse during that time could tell. And guess what? The numbers were were when I think my mind, yeah. Jeff, they were over seventy five percent of the guys. Were a lot of guys. A lot Their of bodies guys changed dramatically. Like Nails Dykstra. Yeah. And when when they took their shirts off, they all had like these crazy pock marks on their backs. And they all looked the same. They were crazy, like freakish. Their skin looked weird. Everything was weird. But all those guys, if you're going to put Piazza in, you're going to put Bagwell and Biggio in. And Bonds, again, never tested Pods. I'm not saying Bonds needs to be in. I'm just saying if you're going to put those guys in, he has a pretty good argument. Well, if Big Big Poppy gets in next year, right? Yeah. Big Poppy, and it's funny, they're talking, I heard someone say Manny Ramirez, and I'm like, Manny Ramirez tested positive three fucking times. Well, it's going to be really interesting. I I enjoyed the discussion, what happens with A-Rod, right? How many fucking times does A-Rod pop? And they said, well, you'll have to watch Clemens and Bonds to see it. To me, it's a little weird, right? Because I look at Clemens and I go, okay, if you want to make an example out of Clemens, but Clemens is another guy yeah. that, like we just mentioned, was Schilling, that was completely different. And 
if the batters were doing it and the pitchers were doing it, I, I'm not saying it's right, but it kind of feels like it evens the scales. Yeah, and at right? the time, nobody was testing for it. You know no. what I mean? At the time, guys weren't We didn't want to believe it. it. No, neither did baseball. They needed it back. They it lost fun. a tremendous fan 98 base. 98 was fun. Yes, they lost a tremendous amount of their fans from the 94 lockout. So, I don't know, but I just, I kind of looked at Schilling, and I and I, I read that letter, and I go, yeah, he's absolutely right. Yep. Because the one thing this show isn't is nobody's a bitch on this show. And there'd be plenty of guys that you can look at and go, yeah, that guy's a fucking tool. But when you get down to the numbers, he gets a he gets a check. Yep. By the box, because he deserves to be in. Uh, yeah, I would I would take Nick's vote away. No joke. I I would take that vote away. If you if you vote, and you leave everybody out, then there's somebody else in your community that can have that vote. And you're done, because you're no longer interested in doing what's right for baseball or the Hall of Fame. You're doing what what you want to do for you. One of the things that I think is interesting, guys like Clemens and Bonds would have gotten in anyway. You know what I mean? They yeah. didn't They didn't need uh, to change their numbers dramatically. They were sure. getting in no matter what, but there's always that pursuit of being perfect or wanting more. That's where you tip your hat to a guy like Ken Griffey Jr. Yeah. Because Ken Griffey Jr.'s body didn't change, and he kept breaking down. His body started yeah. breaking down like crazy. And if you remember, he obviously wasn't 100% either. He was 99.3% getting in the Hall of Fame. Wow. Where maybe they should have rewarded Ken Griffey Jr. for what everybody is so angry about. But instead, there's one guy who said this person's not a Hall of Famer. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Because uh, I don't vote for him. on the, the Those guys should be gone. It's, they, it's insane, right? So, yeah, it's it's and, and baseball is the hardest Hall of Fame to get into. It's, yeah. I mean, fuck basketball. Everybody gets in. Yeah. But here, here's the craziest one is. The College Football Hall of Fame. Well, all of a sudden, some guy from 1972 goes in. I got news for you. You win the Heisman Trophy, you're automatically in the Hall yeah, of Fame. Yeah, you're in. <laughs> say hi to John Capaletti. <laughs> say, say hi to Billy Ray Smith. Oh, my God, right? Fuck. Yeah. You know, it, what are they waiting for? What's this 50-year shit to announce someone's getting in the Hall of Fame? You know, uh, you're going, yeah. what? What? Dave yeah. Remington, congratulations. You just Dave got in the Hall of Fame. Remington. Haven't played since 1983, but yeah. you're going in. Holy cow. Makes you nuts. So... Yeah, they're, I mean, Ted Simmons is in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah, he, he'll be the one that – we're waiting for his speech. I got it, but, yeah. t but Ted Simmons yeah. is getting in the Hall of Fame, Yeah, but Schilling's not. Here's the one that, to me, is crazy. People will sit there and yell at me for this one. Andrew Jones, a lot of people think he's an automatic guy to get in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And I understand he has the 10 gold gloves. But Andrew Jones' impact on the game, to me, wasn't what Schilling's was. Wasn't what no. even what, what Garvey's was. So you sit there and you go, Andrew Jones, when I think it was Jason Stark wrote that book on quality defensive players, guys that we yeah. all thought as fans and how much ground they actually covered. Yeah. The book showed that Andrew Jones actually was one of the worst center fielders oh, in no. baseball history. He didn't cover as much ground, but every catch looked dramatic because that's what he got to. And the craziest one was Derek Jeter. When Derek Jeter played, the average shortstop would get six ground balls a game. Derek Jeter got four plus. But when and then people say, well, it was the way they were pitching guys. But when Jeter was out and they put another guy at short, yeah, he, he would get six. God damn. Meaning Jeter's range sucked too. Yeah, that goddamn jump throw bullshit Who that everybody wants to suck his dick. Woods, you uh, you sit there and go, you know what? Maybe a real yeah. shortstop doesn't have to do the jump throw because he, he has the ball. He didn't see Fred Stanley do that shit. He just played the position. Roy Smalley didn't do that. No, shit. god damn it. Yeah, we need to stop that fucking facade. <laughs> that bullshit right now. 
Oh, my gosh. I, okay, I got to ask you a baseball question real quick. They did a thing on um, MLB Network today. It was the top third baseman in all of baseball. All right. In your mind, honestly, answer answer the question, What you, who you think is the number one third baseman in baseball today? Uh, and there's a few guys, obviously, that come in, but I, I think we'd all probably go Arenado. Would you go Arenado? I tell you, right now, I would say Machado. Well, I I mean I'm biased, yeah. right? No, no, well that's why, trying... I was, that's why I was trying to give you an out because yeah. I, I, but but honestly, Machado had the best year last year, right? He's fucking awesome, man. He's so good. Yeah. He's just so freaking good and I'm so excited that he's here. I mean, Arenado does so many things well. They had Arenado 3. Who they uh They had uh Rendon was 1, which Ooh, shocked me. Okay. So they okay. had Rendon 1, which is funny because that puts, obviously, Machado is not even the best third baseman in Southern California. But yeah. for you and I, both say Machado, okay? Yeah. And I'm not saying that to win points with you Padre people that hate me. Machado is the best third baseman in baseball. Yeah, he's awesome. Okay. They had, um, um drawing a blank, uh, Bregman from the Astros, two, who had a horrible year no last year. No way. They had, they had Arenado, three. I believe it was Machado was five, I think. Where'd they, had they have five. Donaldson? They had five. Donaldson was like seven. Justin Turner was six. Matt Chapman was in there. You know, and yeah. anyway. It's crazy. It, it goes it, back it, to the Hall of Fame yeah, vote, Dave. It didn't make any sense. No. That's why, I, that's why I brought it up, because you brought up the Hall of Fame. Yeah. No, I, that kind of, that shit makes me crazy. It's funny, because when I was in quarantine last week. Yeah. God, I watched a shitload of MLB Network. Yeah. Right? I was up to date on everything going on in the NHL. I haven't seen anything. I didn't even know the Kings played last night. I haven't, I haven't seen anything. So goddamn crazy. You run around doing all kinds of shit, and we're lucky enough to uh, to be healthy and, and able to get some semblance of life back in California. Yeah. Ironically, that a week after the inauguration, everything's lifted. Democratic president, Democratic governor. That's weird, right? But, hey, we can all go get haircuts at some point this weekend, <laughs> so we'll like that. Um but I, I haven't I haven't seen anything. So it's just work all day, go see your kids, work all day, two podcasts, work all day, movie night tomorrow night. But yeah, I, I just kind of shit makes me insane because we never we always had guys at third base, right? Like Jeff Blum. You're like, <laughs> well, he's not gonna be in the discussion. So then you'd look up and uh You'd see like Machado or somebody like that would get fucked in the yeah. discussion. You go, ah, well, that kind of sucks for the Orioles. But now when he's your guy, you're like, hey, Brian Cooney, <laughs> get over here. <laughs> Who voted? Bill Ripken? <laughs> Beat the shit out of you, Bill. I just found the list. Jose Ramirez is four. Machado's five is what they have. So he's, he's right in the middle of the pack in the top ten. I like Jose Ramirez a lot. You're You're going to really, really have to convince me. That he's ahead of Machado. No, he's Bullshit. not. Bullshit. And I'm, I'm a Jose Ramirez fan, too. Yeah, I, I like him. I wrote to uh, Howard Cole. who I was, saw you. But what are you, you know, doing? You know, it was funny. I didn't realize how many Padre fans that he has blocked. Everyone wrote me and said, dude, he's he blocked all of us. Let us know what he know says. I didn't know who he was until yesterday when oh, really? you wrote to him. Okay. Yeah, excited well, fanboy well, about he, Justin he, Turner. He, well, because doesn't it make sense that you go Jose Ramirez? This is a Padre trade, by the way. Meaning Jose Ramirez, who's about 27, 28, has mm -hmm. three years of control at $10 million. That's the guy you – and he's a switch hitter. He's yeah. the guy you go get over Justin Turner, who's 36 years old. Yeah. Isn't that a typical Padre trade? For sure. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, that's why I was curious to know. But he's uh, he's a huge Turner guy, and he said 
that deal's coming down the line. Anyway, so I'll, I'll run it out for you real quick because people might want to know. Turner, six. Chapman from the A7. Josh Donaldson's eight. Uh, Gio Urshela from the Yankees is nine. And uh, Eugenio Suarez from the Reds is 10. Uh, All like, of them are outstanding. I got Yeah, it. I like Suarez a lot. I, I'm not huge on Gio. Um, Donaldson's a better player than that, but was injured last year. So he would be higher. Yeah. I mean, so uh, to me, Donaldson's above Turner. Give me a fucking break. <laughs> Give me a fucking break. I mean, seriously. Like, Turner's fine. But, dude, Josh Donaldson's a game changer. The the big mistake is uh, Bregman. Bregman's not number two. Bregman no had way. a terrible year last year. Dude, that's another one. He Put him at seven. Yeah. yeah. Right? Fuck. But, dude, I, I, and I think all of us wanted to see how Altuve and Bregman, all those guys, yeah. are going to do without the trash can. And guess what? They didn't do well. No. No. <laughs> yeah. At two. Bullshit. Bullshit. Uh, Trevor Bauer, rumor, is uh, Mets, Angels, Blue Jays right now are, I, the, are the big rumors. I heard, uh, God, how about the Blue Jays? How about huh? that? Yeah. Going wild. And, and they what, just traded for Steve Matz today from yeah, the Mets. Yeah, saw that. Simeon. Simeon playing second 18. base. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Springer. Like, we knew they were going to be active. And the thing that's incredibly frustrating, I would think, is they're probably going to be in Buffalo again yeah. all year. Like, it, I went to Rogers Center, saw a game there. It'll be two years ago this summer. It's weird, right? Because when the roof is closed, it feels very much like uh, Chase Field. You yeah. just feel like you're in this massive uh, airplane hangar. And it, it's tough to see a, see a game. Now, I've, I've only been there for one. And I've been told that when the roof is open, it's really, really fun. But goddamn, Dave, from sitting where I was behind home plate to the seats in center field, you feel like it's two miles away. Yeah. So now the talk is that that building is going to come down and they're going to build a uh, a ballpark for the Blue is that Jays. Right? Yeah. Wow. Which would be great. Um, they were the first stadium that I can think of that had the roof that opened and closed. Yeah. Yeah, I would yeah. think so. Yeah. Right. First one that that I can think of. Maybe I'm wrong. Remember yeah. they, before that they played at Exhibition Stadium. Yeah. Which was the worst baseball. The worst setup of all time. It's funny how much um, I like that city now because I used to think games there boring, <laughs> boring Lloyd Mosby, <laughs> right? <laughs> Fuck Mosby. Fuck Buck Martinez, George Bell, Joey Badge. Lynn Matuzak. Yeah. None of that. Dave Steeb. Boring. I didn't want to watch any of this shit. I hated the font. What are you, a ladies' softball team? <laughs> huh? What are you guys doing up there? Um, and then you go up there, and you go, wow, this is really fun. And it's such a great city. It's such a great sports town. And they do dig the Jays. It's obviously a Leafs town, and yeah. the Raptors, right, as a world champion. But they love the Jays up there. I would think being a, a Jays fan um, – Right now, and seeing all these guys come in and wondering if you're even going to get a chance to see them play uh, would be frustrating. But I'm telling you, all the players right now, I don't know. I mean, I guess you've traveled through there. You've probably seen it. But they're going to love playing up there. Yeah. Well, everyone always says great things. No one says bad things about Toronto. No. As far as the city goes, how clean it is, the people, everything that goes with Blast. it. Blast. Yeah. And that damn Olsen Bears like moonshine. Oh. That's it. <laughs> Bats. Molson's right there. 
Every time I'm in a, uh, it happens every time, Dave, I'm in a, uh, a lift and I'm going from Pearson to my hotel in Mississauga. You go right by the Molson factory. And I just, I'm clearly a fucking drunk. I've been pounding beers down here tonight. And the building's like, I don't know, when you're driving by, it's got to be six or seven stories. Yeah. And the letters take up two floors, right? Molson. Yeah, yeah. The guy, every time, has to point it out. There's, hey, <laughs> right there, that's the Molson factory. Like, yeah, I could see it. <laughs> I could see it. I still read English, even though I'm from the States. Okay, here's a crazy question. In mm-hmm. uh, in L.A. in the Valley, there's a Budweiser. Yeah. Okay. I know but it, sm- it doesn't smell great. Does the Molson factory have a smell? No, not at all. No. No, okay. you drive by. But I guess the building in Sorrento Valley, the Bud building, that's just- uh, I think it's just a distributorship. Yeah, that's it, right? Yeah. Now, does Fowler own that? I have no idea. Probably. I don't know. Um, it's probably it does. Yeah, no, you don't. You don't yeah. pick anything up. I mean, you're on the freeway, so it's not like you have the window down. Dude, I remember. It's funny how that this just came up. I remember we would drive from Nashville to Cincinnati a few times a year, and we used to drive by the Prina Dog Chow factory. Oh no, worst smell of all time. I mean, you had to hold your breath. I mean, forget about yeah. driving by cows where you're yeah. holding your breath. This is the worst. The damn dog food factory is. The you know, worst. there's stories being told in that place, oh, no, right? Sure. No kidding. You don't know what they're putting in that goddamn dog food. What the hell is going through that blender? Gross. I don't even want to know. Don't even want to know. Jimmy don't. Hoffa. <laughs> don't even want to know. All right, again, Dan Williams. We want to thank Dan Williams for being so fantastic to the show. Right now, here we are, right here in the new year, 2021. If you haven't called Dan Williams and you don't have all your money figured out, you got to call Dan. He can walk you through the process. You want to get out of debt like so many people do. You want to buy your first home. Dan can help you get out of the rental market. But again, to have that peace of mind to knowing that, you know what, taxes are coming up. Financially, I'm going to be okay. Can move on to real life stuff. Dan Williams is your guy. 858-688-6813. 858-688-6813. Bills come up all the time. Kids are in braces, right? Taxes, registration, insurance. Cars break down. Yeah. Things happen all the time. All I can tell you is we sit here tonight. I am so incredibly proud to be debt-free. No credit card debt, no car payment, nothing. Uh, with the payment, co- uh, with the check coming on Friday, how incredibly nice. Yes. And one of the main reasons that I am able to say that tonight is because I read Dan's book, Borrow Smart, Repay Smart, and it is so, so good. And now when I look ahead... Uh, and start thinking about the housing market and figuring out where I want to be. And, man, I mean, so many great places. We were in Coronado the other night. You got this is unbelievable, right? Yeah. But there's so many areas like that in San Diego. Where do you want to be? And I think the one thing 2020 has taught all of us and probably taught our employers as well, shit, man, a lot of us, even when this thing gets taken care of, we probably won't be back in the commute. You'll be able to work from home, and I think your employer will sign off on it. So now, all of a sudden, the restrictions of, oh, I have to deal with the 5805 merge? Probably not. And that opens up a whole lot of different things for you. But the first thing you have to do is get your finances in order. Let Dan help you get there. 858-688-6813. Absolutely. And also, don't forget, 2021, people are going to have new incentives to buy homes. Brian Curry is your guy. 
Selling real estate all over San Diego County for more than 20 years. He's the guy to find that perfect neighborhood with the right school district. Maybe the last home that you ever buy. And it's just time to settle down and maybe downsize a little bit because the kids are gone. Brian Curry is the guy that you need to talk to. He'll let you know what's going on in the real estate market. Also, make sure that you're happy. Is great in as far as um, as far as far as the mortgage business, where he knows exactly what's going to happen. And look, you aren't an expert; he is. You want to talk to him as far as what's going to happen in 2021. 619-251-1588. 619-251-1588. Well, for a long time, we joked on this show about IB. That we were never going to live in IB, yeah. and then I had to come on and publicly apologize <laughs> to the city, and I'll say it again. I was in IB the other night, had a great time. Sunday night with my kids, having dinner, a blast. But guess what, Dave? As IB graduates to a city where we want to live, we bided our time, and now we are happy to announce tonight the new shithole neighborhood where you'll never live, and Brian Curry's not going to take you there. I know the pressure's building. A lot of you have been talking. We asked you don't gamble on this, but here it is. All of you right off the 94, anybody who lives off Federal Boulevard, fuck you. We're not fucking living off of Federal Boulevard on the 94 or that fucking Euclid. It's a two-for-one shithole night. My God. You drive by and you're like, what the hell is this shit? Is this Beirut? No, it's a 94. Ah, same thing. Same fucking thing. There are a lot of great neighborhoods. I just mentioned Coronado, South Park. Who goddamn knew the late, great Cloris Leachman lived in my hometown, Encinitas? I had no idea. I had no idea. Encinitas. Goddamn Cloris Leachman moved there. I don't know. You know what I found out yesterday was J.T. Walsh, the actor? Yes. Yeah, he dropped dead in Lemon Grove. I didn't realize that. They had to rush him over to, I believe it's the Kaiser in La Mesa where where he died. Did he drop it in Lemon Grove or was he killed in Lemon Grove? (laughs) Let's do a little homework on that. Unsolved Mysteries. Call Keith Morrison. We'll figure it out. Dateline with Lester Holt. But again, there are a lot of places to live and Brian Curry will help you find it. Ramona's a lot of fun when they're not cooking meth up there. (laughs) Santa Isabel, Julian, wherever you want to go. But I'll tell you one fucking area you're not going the fuck if we're getting off on federal or you can no click 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 turn that fucking signal off we're not getting off in this shithole what about lemon grove jt walsh died here no 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 <laughs> a lot of other great places in town and brian curry will help you find it fuck no it's not gonna be spring valley either dude your buddy woods i gotta tell you real quick five oh, in the morning yesterday yeah Five in the morning, he tells about listening to Howard Stern. There's a contest to see who can lose the most weight in three months, and they okay. weigh in every day. Okay. And we've heard this stuff. And he goes, yeah, our station would never sponsor something, but Howard Stern has a budget. He goes, 10000 bucks. I'm not going to lie. I would start meth today. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you're on there, you asshole. What dude, do you mean? I'll tell you, for any of you that have SiriusXM, <laughs> The uh, the Stern interview today with Kevin Hart's one of the best ever. Is it good? God, fucking Kevin Hart is so great. And he tells his story about uh, going to dinner in L.A. with Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock, Chris Tucker, Eddie Murphy, and uh, and Kevin Hart. Okay. I feel like I'm missing one guy that was in there, too. And he said they all went. Chappelle organized it, said, we're all in town. Let's go to dinner. And they went to, uh, in Beverly Hills, it, Maestro's? 
Okay. Maestro's, you know the place. Yeah, I know you're talking about. And uh, he said they all went in, and it was basically just Eddie telling stories. And he said it was so goddamn great because nobody tried to one-up him. Nobody cool. tried to do anything. And he said it was just Eddie entertaining the table. And he said it was the rest of us just paying respect to the guy who opened so many doors for, for all of us. Tucker, Chappelle, uh, Chris Rock, Kevin Hart, and Eddie. I think it was five that he said. But the Very whole cool. interview where he's talking about comedy and doing all this different shit, talking about Bernie Mac. And uh, oh, it's so good. So yeah, if you have Sirius XM, pick. Check I will. Out the, I'll go back and listen. Check to out that. the Kevin Hart. What a fucking great guy. That oh, that's really awesome. Good. Hey, uh, don't forget about Alan Taylor. I know right now you don't think with this kind of weather that the swimming pool is something you're going to need. You know this isn't Seattle. This isn't our weather. Our weather is going to be a lot different in about two weeks. You're going to wish you had that swimming pool. And you started the process of talking to Alan Taylor at Taylor May Pools. Have him come look at your backyard, figure out designs. And you're ready to go. And next thing you know, by this summer, you're going to have that staycation in your backyard. That perfect pool is waiting for you. 619-449-4452. 619-449-4452. Dave, you're right. They said, uh, how about the lovely and talented Aloha Taylor still doing weather on social media? Said to us, hey, enjoy the sunny weather today because more rain is coming this storm. So, yeah, it's going to be cold and rainy again. Man, the last couple of nights, right, with yeah. the wind and... Sucks. Oh, crazy. But Dave's right. Those days are not going to last forever. And before you know it, it's going to feel like a Santa Ana. going to be 70 or 80 degrees at night. You're going to be sitting out there in the back playing Mattel football going, <laughs> what the fuck was I doing? <laughs> I'll tell you what you should be doing is going to the all-new designed DaveAndJeffShow.com. We'll tell you more about that in a second. Go to the sponsors page and look at what some of your friends and neighbors have done. They picked up the phone. They called TaylorMade Pools. They had Alan and his team come out and make an unbelievable backyard. Looks as nice as any hotel in Vegas or anything you'd see on TV. Uh, and you can have it yourself, man. Do it. You deserved it. Like we said, a lot of people are going to stay home. Not only this year, but over the next couple of years. So if you're going to do that, do it in style with the tailor-made pool. Absolutely. Jeff just mentioned Kyle Fluger and websites. Guess what? He did a brand new website for us. We love it. I tell you, yep. Kyle Fluger is the guy you need to talk to. If you thought at all about changing your website up or starting a brand new one, 619-500-6621, 619-500-6621. So proud of the page and so thankful to Kyle. And if you have followed the page since Kyle and his team took over about three years ago, it started as something pretty casual about 18 months ago. It changed to a much different kind of streamlined. We, he and I had talked a lot about Williams Sonoma and different looks like that. And we were so excited about a week ago to get a call from Kyle who said, Hey man, I have some ideas for the site. We go, go get them. And, uh, and that new site is up and live. And go see it. There'll be more things coming. Uh, I had said, you know what I'm going to do, guys? I'm going to blog every night that I'm in quarantine and tell you everything about it. I didn't do it once. <laughs> but there'll be more stuff coming. But more importantly, if your website is not up to par, you better make it happen because your competitor is and let Kyle make it happen for you. All right. Here we go. January 27th. How old are they and how much are they worth? We're going to start off with Chris Collinsworth. Ooh. Collinsworth is an interesting one because I I remember all right I remember him being 
on Sports Illustrated when I was a kid in like 81. So that's 40 years ago. Amazing. Wow, fuck. I'm going to say he's 63. Exactly right. How about that, doing yep. the math? You like yep. that? And I'm going to say he's worth uh, $10 million. $14 million. Wow. I like him. A lot of people don't. I think he's yeah. all right. Oh, he's very good, I think. I also think, I might be wrong on this one, but I'm, I believe he's the owner of Pro Football Focus. Oh, he might be because his kid works there? Yeah. Yeah, he might be. All right, Keith Olbermann. Oh, wow. I think older than a lot of us would think. I'm going to say he's uh, say he's 69. 63. Oh, I fucked so that So I up. think if I got this right, Keith Oberman, he used to do weekends on Channel 5 when, when yeah, Stu Nahan did, did weekdays. And then he went to Channel 2 and was the main guy. Yeah, he was the main guy. But he was only 26 years old, and he didn't drive in Los Angeles. Yeah. He didn't drive. Wow. The one yeah. thing, if you follow Keith on social media, which uh, which I always love people that are dog owners. I think yeah. dogs are great. You're a dog Me guy. Too. I'm a dog guy. Um, he's a guy that at 63 in the last few years has developed a passion for dogs. Yeah. And he constantly will put out stuff about dogs that need to be rescued. And, and, I like that. But it, it took him a long time. That's one reason, honestly, my first thing with Trump, Trump was, didn't have a dog in the White House. He yeah. never owned an animal, they said. No. I, that's weird to me. It is weird. Looking is. directly into the sun. Yeah, you don't have to pick up the shit. You get a dog. Every yeah. president gets a dog. That's what your fucking kid, Brennan, or whatever that kid's name was. Byron. What was that fucking kid? Brooklyn. Name? Brooklyn. It's not Brooklyn. Oh, shit. Boston. Remember that kid's name was? Brennan. Uh, that's what that little fucker's job is. Send him out. Dude, we. My kids and I, every Tuesday night, yeah. we take their dog out for a ride. Yeah. Now, we had been doing the scanner, and then the scanner just got too depressing. Good. So it's now, awful. The scanner is terrible. It is. We're out, we're out of the scanner mode. They're just So it's just old school Spotify, right? Everything from old school Survivor to Sam Cooke to Jackie Wilson. But we take their dog. Diego, he's a Manchester Terrier, looks like a mini Doby. And he gets so excited, right? Because he lives in a house with four cats and him. Yeah. So he's always low man on the totem pole. So I just say to him, uh, hey, you want to go for a ride? And he's right there at the front door. So we get, we load up the, uh, the back seat with, a, I've got like two blankets in my car, right? And we set him up. And we don't care it's 48 fucking degrees out. We put that window down so yeah. he can stick his head out. Yeah. And he gets super excited. And then he sits in the back seat with my buddy Cade and uh, and climbs on Cade. Then he's got to look out that window. I mean, come on. If you're not a dog guy, I, I don't like you. <laughs> I just don't like you. I can't like anybody who can't like dogs. It's really They're weird. the best. To me, it's strange. Yeah. But, all right. Here's a question. You just brought this up. You said four cats. Did your son ever find his cat? No. Fuck. No. All right. Yeah, we brought it up. We uh we just uh, look, it was tough because they were gone in Tahoe and the person they had house sitting made a mistake and didn't really know what to do and they couldn't do anything and nobody fucking called me the whole thing. Uh so no. My sons were incredibly upset about that. So they have chosen to believe that they hope that the cat is living a good life with oh, a neighbor. Boy. Yeah. With somebody in the complex? 
That I mean, that, can you imagine that if the cat likes like, dude, my owner is right we, over there. We had a cat. We had this huge orange cat that we had rescued from uh, like the Benita Animal Shelter. We saw this story about a cat that nobody would pay attention to, and he he just looked sad. He was like this big fucking football. So we went down. We adopted him and uh, brought him home. He's fucking massive named him Atticus after Atticus in uh to kill a mockingbird and he was great he he came in and he hung out and he loved life we went to Monterey for like 10 days and my mother-in-law was watching the house and he went out he got out and we think he went like two doors down because he wasn't used to us not being home yeah we came home and he hung out with us for like two days, and then he bailed again. Really? We never saw him again. Jesus. He just was like, fuck you guys. You hide. And I'm like, he shows up on Facebook Memories, and uh, somebody over there was like, oh, yeah, he lives down here. Lives with like the old lady, and he, he's the only cat in the house. He's living the life. Yeah. Oh, he big time gave us the finger. <laughs> so it has happened. Yeah. yeah. All right. Keith Oberman, how much is he worth? Oh, shit. Uh He's he's been on cable for a long time. They don't pay much. I'll say uh, ten million. Twenty five million dollars. Ah, good for him. Yeah, twenty five. He used million. to call into Lightner's show, and he was cool as shit. Really? They were big buddies going back I to Hartford. I could see it. I could see it. They're both uh, East Coast guys. Very smart. Both are very smart. Baseball guys. Yeah, yeah I could I could see that. Yeah. And uh, and a lot of mutual respect. And they were they were big buddies. And Keith was great when he would call in. And he was. Look, Ted was flying high at yeah. that time, and Keith was flying high. A lot of them are, they're very similar, both those guys. I never thought yeah. about it till right now. Both yeah. can talk politics and both can talk sports. Yeah, and I think uh, I think very similar, you know, mindsets yeah. for both guys. But uh, he was great when he called in. I've always liked him. Oh, that's interesting. All right, these the next two on here are two girls, and they fall in the category, would you throw them one? Okay. First one is Bridget Fonda. Oh, yeah, I think she'd be sneaky good. Yeah. Where you go out to the Chico Club and go, God damn, Bridget Fonda is going to be 55 today. 57. God. Uh, $8 million. $50 million. Five zero? Yeah, well, she's married to Danny Elfman. So, oh, I but, didn't know that. Yeah, $50 million. Now, this one right here falls in the category of your boy Tom Cruise, but would you throw a one? Mimi Rogers. Yes. Absolutely. There's an eight-year difference in those two. Shit, that makes her about, uh, I think he's eight-year difference. Is she 65? 65. And I think she's worth $9 million. Really good. $10 million. Absolutely. Now, listen. We're going to do that show, and then, I don't know, I'll probably just disappear. <laughs> Right? You guys will be interviewed by Keith Morrison. What happened? But don't worry about me. I'm fine. <laughs> Mimi and I are on a road trip. Yeah. So, I love Mimi. Yeah, I knew you would. The last two, I knew you'd throw one. All right, here we go. Five random questions. You you, you brought up uh, ballparks a second ago. One of the questions okay. is, if you had to be locked in any Major League Baseball ballpark for two weeks, which one would you choose? Oh. Oh, shit. Okay, I like that. Um... I want to think about that before I just blurt out an answer. Got to be one with decent skyboxes, yeah. right? I mean, you got to be able to crash out. You don't want to be at Fenway. Um, 
God damn, Dave, give me Petco Park. Okay, it's fun. Okay, I asked my son this question today. He yeah. said Petco Park too. Here's the deal. The answer is the Rogers Center. They have the hotel in center field. Oh, that's a great one. Yeah, yeah. and I thought for sure you're going to go for it because we just talked about it. It's shit, so weird that you brought one. it up today when it was the first question I had oh, written down. Oh, that's a great one. I hadn't even. I'm so busy thinking warm weather outdoors. Yeah. Fuck yeah, you got a Hard Rock Cafe yeah. in there too. Fuck, <laughs> am I doing? I told Josh. I said, man, if you look it up, there are a bunch of pictures of the game going on and yeah. girls just getting pounded against the glass. And he goes, "What?" He looked it up. He goes, "Holy shit, you weren't lying." Hey, the funny thing is. <laughs> For show research, wink, wink. When I sat there behind home plate, I was trying to figure out, could you? There's no way you could tell. It's those pervert cameramen. There's no way when you're sitting. Those rooms are so far away. They're a mile away. Yeah. Those goddamn perv cameramen and the directors. <laughs> All right. So here's a, what's surprising news to me today. Pam okay. Anderson announced that she got married on Christmas Eve. Okay. Again, didn't she just, she married uh, John Peters. What happened to that? That one lasted uh, not even two weeks. Okay. And then she said John Peters didn't even bang her, so it didn't count. So I was like, wow. Wow. Um, so Pam Anderson announced she got married for the sixth time to, to five different guys because she married Rick Solomon twice. Oh, yeah. Okay. How many marriages would you go through before you realize, hey, marriage isn't for me? Goddamn, Larry King was seven. <laughs> I have a buddy of mine who's been married four times. Who four? Four. Who told me, he goes, you know what? You start to realize after the third one, it's probably your fault, not yeah. hers. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, twice. <laughs> like, after two, you're like, okay, that's it, right? <laughs> this just what am I for me. This just sucks. Divorce sucks, man. Yeah. Yeah, divorce sucks. Every part of it. Um, yeah, I would say two. All right, here we go. Um, what's more impressive, LeBron James playing in 10 NBA Finals or Tom Brady playing in 10 Super Bowls? Uh, Tom Brady. I'm with you 100%. And I, I love LeBron. Tom Brady doing it and Tom Brady coming back and doing it again at 43, unbelievable. Yeah. All right, last question here. As a Raider fan, does it bother you that Antonio Brown is playing in a Super Bowl? No, because... does me. He was he was a Raider for such a short period yeah, of time. But he completely was disarray. Oh, he was... Fucked a, the whole organization. Yeah. The Patriots cussed out everybody, including yeah. the commissioner and crap. Look at Le'Veon Bell. He's on the other side. Yeah. You got Bell and Antonio Brown and fucking Ben Roethlisberger at home eating Cheetos. Yeah. I uh, D If Diggs would have made it, yeah. even though it led to Jefferson going to the Vikes, Diggs making it would have bugged me a lot more than Antonio really? Brown. Yeah. <clears throat> there you go. No, just because, I mean, he, he never really even hit the field. Yeah. But, but he's not the guy, right? If he if he catches the touchdown instead of Scotty Miller right before the half, if that's Brown, then you look at it. But it, it's funny, man. I look at Brown and Gronkowski. It's like they're part of the offense, but not really. Yeah, he has so many weapons. More Godwin than he's ever had. and all those guys, yeah. Yeah, more than he's ever had. All right, last question. This is well, I didn't write it down, but you brought it up. You said tomorrow's movie night. What are you guys going to watch? Uh, tomorrow night we are going to watch because my kids want to watch it. Uh, so I'll watch it again. We're going to watch Class Action Park on HBO Max. Okay. It's the documentary I was telling you about last week. It's goddamn unbelievable about the water park in uh, upstate oh, yeah. New York. And it is so funny. Class Action Park. I turned my buddy Ben uh, from the Nationals onto it. And he texted me at like midnight. He goes, dude, I started this movie. He goes, I am goddamn dying. He goes, this is the craziest shit I've ever seen. So we love Aquatica. We were season pass holders yeah. at Aquatica for like five years. 
So, yeah, the water parks and all that shit, we love it. So I know my kids will get a huge kick out of it. So, yeah, we're going class action park. Tomorrow night, HBO Max, highly recommended. Good deal. All right, I'm going to try and catch it. I'm going to try and watch it before I see you next. So we'll be back on Monday night, everybody. We'll see you then. It's my life.
Thank you.